Welcome to Secret Sauce for Success, show number 10. Hi, everybody. You have tuned in to the Secret Sauce for Success show, where we strive to find the secret ingredients that lead to success. We interview successful guests every week and learn their secret to their success. We sincerely hope you implement these habits into your life and become the best you that you can be. Enjoy the show. What's going on, everybody? It's Rick Stahl, host of the Secret Sauce for Success show. Live from Colorado, here with my co-host, Doug Kirstein. What's going on, Doug? Oh, Rick, man, another busy week. I'm telling you, things are kind of picking up, getting some more business done. It's been a good week, man. How are you doing? Good, good. Yeah, I think springtime is maybe bringing some people out. Maybe the coronavirus vaccines are coming out, kind of breathing new life into the world. Yeah, I think so. And uh, this is spring, even though it's not officially spring yet, we're all looking forward to that sun coming out, especially people in Texas these days, you know, they've been having a hard time down there. But we're all, I think, looking forward to the time when we can be out again, we can be a society again, a community again. And I think you're right with these vaccines, spring will be more of a time that we can be more of a community. Speaking of spring, you know, in Colorado, Denver, we always seem to have a lot more snow in the springtime. I went down to the the rehab project that I've been working on and telling you about driving to the place and instead of the piles of scrap metal when I bought the yard, now it's a muddy pit. <laughs> so all the snow melt, there's not very good runoff on the place. Kind of frustrating. I did all my numbers. I thought I captured everything and I forgot about drainage. And this is such a unique property where the water just seems to be pooling in the area. And so I think we're going to have to find the solution to get the water out of there and have to add that into my numbers. Now we've got the cost for the asphalt paving and it was like $9,000. That'll be a painful solution, whatever it is, but there's a solution to it. But anyhow, just one thing I overlooked there. Well, I'm sure there's a solution to it. My quote for the week here for everybody comes from John Dewey. It says a problem well stated is a problem half solved. So now, you know, you've got the problem, Rick, you're halfway there. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Speaking of somebody that looks at a glass half full all the time, our guest for the day, Heather Suzak, what do you think about her? What a lovely woman she is. I mean, just a lovely person that she is. Uh, Humble and sweet and excited and all of these great things. Uh, I love that she wanted to be a fighter pilot. I always wanted to fly airplanes, but without my glasses, I can't tell the difference between, say, a 737 and my car. So I appreciate what she wanted to do and just her positive outlook and different things that she's done and, and what she did of her life. She and I are similar in that regard. And she's just very sweet and very nice and a woman of faith. She wears that on her sleeve and she is the lady she is. And I really appreciate that. What did you think or what did you come away with in this? What really stuck out to you? Well, I knew her from when I lived up in Firestone. So none of this surprised me too much, but just the thread of entrepreneurship that just runs through her whole story here. She's willing to go where God wants her to go. And I thought that was a very consistent story from what I knew her from before. So it was really fun to catch up with her. Yeah, that entrepreneurial gene definitely runs through. Not only was it in her parents and her in-laws, and now their kids are showing signs of that as well. All right, well, let's get to the interview with Heather Suzak. All right, today we have a special guest with us, Heather Suzak. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. I've been excited about this for a while. Well, we're glad to have you. Thanks for being on. 
Absolutely. All right, Heather, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Of course. I'm a former business consultant turned small business coach and teacher. I love helping ambitious women who are super busy and underfulfilled add a stream of income that fits into their crazy busy lives using duplicatable systems so they feel empowered and bring joy to others and confidence as well. I've always been an entrepreneur at heart. I love, love helping people. My background is kind of spattered across a lot of different industries, but at my core, I'm a crazy busy hockey mom who's obsessed with helping other busy moms turn time that they don't have into money so they can help contribute to the family finances without missing a moment of their children's lives. And that's important. The funny thing is, growing up, I had completely different plans. I planned to be a fighter pilot so I could serve this great nation that I love so much. I wanted to travel the world and be that cool aunt with no kids of her own. Turns out the girl who never wanted to get married was actually the first of all my friends to get married 21 years ago. And sadly, now my hockey mom days are even slowing a little bit because my kids are now 18 and 16. All I can say is in hindsight, God has always had better plans for my life than I'd ever dreamed. Wow, you got a full plate there. (laughs) Always have, always will. So can we go back to the beginning? Where did you grow up? Lived a couple blocks from Littleton High School. I walked every day, loved it. Really lived down there until college. And now I'm in Firestone, which is just on the north side. My husband was in Westminster. I was in Littleton. Kind of met in the middle, like we went to Thornton. And then we started realizing what property values were as we got further north. We could buy such a nicer house with the same amount of money. So that's how we ended up as far north as we are. Yep, understood. And then what made you want to become a fighter pilot? I have no idea. Sometimes I've wondered that. Like, it was just, it's inside of me. I love speed. I love this country. I'm like just such a patriot. Yeah, I think that just kind of combined my need for speed with my love for this country and serving serving others. Very good. So you met Danny. You got married, had some kids, moved to Firestone. Where did all this entrepreneurship and real estate and businesses, where did this all come from? That's a good question. I think all my life, like, we've had a little bit of a knack for real estate. My parents did a lot with real estate. I think I maybe saw them do that, and I saw their success. I also think, like, negotiation skills and entrepreneurship are, they can be learned skills, but I also think that, you know, for a lot of people, they're just inside. And I think those are a couple of skills that I either learned through watching or maybe I was born with them. But real estate has has always intrigued me a little bit. So we actually bought our first home in in our early 20s. I want to say it was maybe a year out of college. Wow. And I was able to negotiate yeah, a great deal with it. So when we sold it, we made over 50% profit, which gave us a nice down payment to move up here. And then we turned that second house into a nice 74% profit. I think we always made good decisions and were able to turn good out of anything. Um, and somewhere along the way, we decided to go into business with Danny's parents and his brother and his wife. And we've seen great success there with a couple of rentals and a flip. First of all, the real estate in Colorado has been crazy, right? Just buying anything and letting it run, right? You're going to make money, right? Yeah, exactly. So what was the first one? You decided to go into business with your family. What did you choose to do? 
the kids were like two and four, so they were pretty young, but we decided just to tag team. Like his brother and his dad are both extremely talented, and so is he. And so we decided to go to an auction. We ended up buying this house at an auction. It was a modular in Decono. So we bought it with the hopes of doing a flip because we knew that would be quick cash. But at the same time, we knew that was probably unlikely because it is a modular, you know, they're harder to finance. So we had done the scenario. So we knew either way, you know, if we couldn't sell it, we knew there was plenty of profit in it to do it as a rental. And that's what we did. We completely gutted it, remodeled it inside and out, made it beautiful, listed it on the MLS. It didn't sell. At the same time of listing it, we kind of were looking for renters too. And so we found some great renters that moved in and and I turned into a landlord. <laughs> so now you mentioned that you saw your parents have success in real estate. Did that help you figure out how to be a landlord? Honestly, I could probably benefit from a class around that. That's something I've figured out on my own. You know, we did some searches and some digging online to get the resources that we needed. They were more fix and flip or they were both realtors at one time, actually. I've forgotten about that. But no, I didn't actually watch the rental side of it from them. That was just something that came out of necessity. Like I said, we didn't get what we wanted out of the house, so we decided we'd rent it. Very good. Like having a couple exit strategies. One is to sell, one is to rent. Yes. Knowing that we had two options, you know, if one failed, we had a backup plan. And so did the renting landlord thing turn out good? Actually, it turned out pretty well. You know, we tried to cover our bases there. We've definitely seen good and bad renters. I have had the joy of evicting, which was not a joy. You know, I try really hard to connect with people and help people, and I want to, you know, do the best in every situation. You know, that's always been key. So I actually, as much as I didn't love being the landlord, I kind of took it in all myself anyway, just because I felt like I would be serving people in a good way. So it made me feel good. Actually, just a few years ago, we switched and we now have a property management company that does it for us, which is awesome. Why did you switch to a property management company? I think it was just pure necessity. People, renters never call you on, you know, Saturday afternoon when you're hanging out with a family and nothing crazy We literally got a call at like 8 o'clock on Christmas Eve one year because the pipes had broken. It was never convenient. You know, it was a family business, so there were three partners. It made more sense for us to hire some of the work to be done. That's probably wise. Yeah, when you start mixing business and family, it can always be tricky. Yeah, certainly. So you mentioned, did you have two properties here or just Mm -hmm. one? Yeah, we have two rentals and we did a flip. At this auction, did you buy two properties? We bought one at a time. First one did that, bought a second one probably a couple years later is my guess. And I still managed both of them for several years. And then I think we went to a property management company probably four or five years ago. And both of these properties, are they in the same area? Did you choose? They are. You like the area so much, you wanted to get two of them? Yeah. In fact, if we could buy more, we'd buy more. But right now, the prices are crazy. Yeah. Are those both modulars in that same area? Yeah. I mean, it's just proven to be such a good investment for us. 
the cash flows great. And when you went to the auction, uh, can you tell us a little bit about that? Oh my gosh, it was so much fun. My dad was a car salesman growing up. He was a wholesaler actually. So I remember as a kid going to the auction with him and watching them and just seeing all the, the quirks of the people. It was fun. So I kind of felt like I was back in my childhood. There were a whole bunch of people. It was like outside the house in the street that they did this auction and somebody was blah, 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 you know, the fast talking, it was hilarious. And people would just, you know, make a sign to the auctioneer. It was fun. It was crazy. I mean, that's a big investment. It's not like you're going to an estate auction and auctioning off somebody's antiques. It's a house you're buying. So we, as a family, we got together beforehand and we had done the math. So we knew what we'd have into it and what we thought we could sell it for or what we'd rent it for. Um, So we knew our bottom dollar and we said, okay, we're going to go to that and we'll stop. If it goes over that, no harm, no foul, you know, and that's what we did. Good. You came in with the plan. Sometimes I think people keep going past their limit. Of course. Yep. It's so, it's so easy to get caught up in that excitement and it goes so fast. You know, you see people popping up all over and the price raises like nothing. So yeah, you're right. People get excited and caught up in that and it's easy to go over, which was why it was so important for us to like, okay, here's our plan. We're going to this number. And I can't remember if that was the first auction. I I think we'd been to a couple other auctions. It wasn't the first one that we won. Oh, so you did go to a couple other auctions that didn't win. Exactly. Oh, that's neat to know. Mm -hmm. So let's jump into the the flip then. Let's talk a little bit about that. Yeah. Where was that? So that was in Longmont. It was a little bit scary. I won't lie. We looked at this house. It was trashed. It had major, major water damage. Sorry, not just water damage. It was mold. While the price reflected that, it was still, it was a pretty big risk. You know, not knowing exactly what it would take to mitigate that mold was a chance that we took. So again, we have really smart people in the family. They're also very talented. So they went through the budget and said, okay, this is what we think, but it could be up to this. And we put together our numbers so we knew what it could take and what we were willing to invest I think we probably went in with a low ball offer. That's usually kind of our MO. That was a risky one, but I will tell you it was it was a huge blessing. We went in, we completely gutted it, remodeled it. We had professional testing. I think we did a lot of the work ourselves, but we hired, you know, the professional testing to make sure everything was up to code and, and perfect. And we turned a really good profit on that one as well. You know, it was a traditional house in a neighborhood, easy to sell. It went super fast. And it was beautiful and priced above, you know, the competition. Nice. So you guys can do a lot of that work. You were saying that your your husband and his brother and his dad, about how much of that was done in-house with you guys? And how much did you have to hire out? I couldn't tell you exactly, but definitely the majority of it was one of us. In fact, my brother-in-law did a lot of it. I can't remember if he was between jobs or if he was just doing it on the side, but we paid him to do the majority of it. And he's an extremely talented craftsman. He just did a bang-up job with that house. Great. Yeah, that kind of work is a lot of fun. I like working with my hands as well. That's awesome. understand. Yeah. Uh, Any other properties? What's next on the horizon for you? 
my son, who just turned 18, he wants to do the same thing. So he's been saving up, working full time, saving up every penny he has. And he's been looking at a ton of properties over the last couple of months, just waiting for the right one to come up because he wants to do it too. So I don't know if it'll be a flip or a rental. Again, like we keep our options open, just knowing that God brings us the right thing at the right time. And, you know, if we trust and listen, that things fall into place pretty well. That's a hard stance to take, but I I applaud you for it. Well, I like flying by the seat of my pants. I'm good at it. That's a good trait in an entrepreneur because that's what (laughs) Right? I think you have to be a little bit. Yep. Let's take a break and hear a word from our sponsor. Here at Stahl Realty, you are number one. I'm a realtor with HomeSmart, and my job is to make sure you are satisfied. Here is what one satisfied client of Stahl Realty had to say. Rick Stahl was an awesome asset in helping our family find a home that checks all our boxes. He is patient and committed. I would recommend calling upon his services. One of my favorite mottos is making milestones memorable. Buying or selling a house can be overwhelming, but with my guidance and expertise, I can make this process as smooth as possible. I can be reached via email at stallrealty at gmail.com or text call me at 720-429-3303. I look forward to hearing from you. And now, back to our show. All right, Heather, you also have a side business too, correct? I do. I love helping women fall in love with their skin and more importantly, like grow businesses that they can feel passionate about. I've been with Rodan and Fields for three and a half years. And it's funny because I started it just selfishly. I really just wanted a good discount on amazing products that I knew were going to work. I didn't really plan on sharing it with others. And I certainly didn't plan on growing a team because I was busy. You know, I wore that busy badge quite proud. You know, I, I had a great career. It treated me well. It was flexible. You know, I had no reason to change. But over the last three and a half years, I slowly realized that I just found so much more fulfillment in serving others rather than working for a huge corporation. Rodana Fields, you're selling skincare products, right? Is What are the tips and tricks there? I just help people. I'm not a super salesy person. You probably know that by now. I just work on relationships, and that's why I like the business. I mean, the business is twofold, right? So obviously, I help people fall in love with their skin, and there's so many people that don't love their skin and have things they wish they could fix. So it's easy when you work with a company that has the number one skincare brand in North America, and slowly we're growing around the world, it's easy to jump in and say, what don't you love? What can I help? And you know what? We've got a 60-day money-back guarantee. If you don't love them, you send them back. I'll be the first to tell you, send those suckers back and get your money back. So that's the one side of it. And that's really just me wanting to help people. You know, for me, when I first found it, it was the eyelashes and it made me feel so pretty. And that may sound completely asinine to most people. But for whatever reason, I wanted eyelashes all my life. It's finding that little thing that gives everybody just a little bit of confidence, makes them feel pretty, you know, prettier on the outside when we feel pretty on the inside. So that feels good. And then the other side of it is really the most exciting piece for me is helping build businesses. You know, this is a company, a business that anybody can take and run with. And I love being that enabler, you know, helping them put two and two together and helping them establish those healthy practices, teaching them, coaching them, 
along the way and helping them grow their business. So sounds exciting. It is. Thank you. You know, this is the secret sauce for success show. What are your secrets to your success? You know, I think my, my biggest secret is just trusting that God has always had that bigger plan for me. It doesn't matter how big I dreamed, you know, from wanting to be an air force pilot to having a family and kids, my own, like I would have never seen that coming, but my goodness, I can't imagine my life any better than that. So knowing that he's got that plan and, and it's so much better than my plan. I think that's my biggest secret. The importance of trusting in him and loving others the way he loves us, you know, leaning into him, especially through the hard times. It's just proven time and time again that he's got better plans than I do. You know, in trusting him, another secret to success is really the importance of keeping your options open and then never gamble more than you can risk, right? So we kind of talked about that on that first investment property that we bought. We knew the numbers, you know, we knew how much we could gamble. We knew what we could pay and still make a profit. So I think that was really important, keeping our options and knowing that if it didn't sell, we could still rent it and make money. So that was huge. I mean, especially you look at 2020, right? Nobody saw any of this coming, but here we are. So just being open to options and flexible is huge. And, you know, I don't think it's an epiphany, but definitely an important secret to success is that negotiation skills and a strong mindset, right? It's so important to have confidence in yourself, but also to be able to set your pride aside. It may sound like an odd combination, but to give you an example, it can be hard to swallow your pride and submit a low offer on a house, but I've done it a lot of times. It never hurts to ask because the worst someone can say is no, and the best they can say is yes. And you know what? You never know what they need. So sometimes what you have to offer is exactly what they need. And really from both sides, it's important to remember that every deal you make is just business. It's not personal. So many people take things personally, but in this business, you can't afford to do that. You know, it's business. And in order to get a good deal, you have to put in a lot of offers. You're going to get a lot of no's. It's the same with my business. You get a lot of no's. But if you keep asking, you're going to get a yes. And you're going to help people and you're going to help yourself. And on the flip side, if you want the best side, best price for your property, sometimes you have to hold out a little bit longer than the others. Those are probably my biggest secrets. And hopefully that first one isn't a secret. I try not to keep it a secret. I think everybody should know yeah, that's excellent. So you're you're kind of saying you're undecided on faith and, and the existence of God. That's not really an issue, and that's no. that's great. I mean, the, the core foundation has got to be there. The reason for for the what? Exactly. Obviously, faith is a major source of strength in that for you. But do you have other authors rather that you like to read or podcasts that you like to listen to? People you plug into for inspiration? Oh, absolutely, all the time. I I think personal development and growth is just so important, and it's been a huge key to my success. It's funny, but my son actually read The Rich Dad, Poor Dad by Robert Kiyosaki, and I loved that book. So I read it after he did, and I was like, oh, my goodness. Why didn't I read it years ago, right? I've read lots of books, but on real estate, like Trump's book, Think Big and Kick Ass in Business and Life, His real estate examples were phenomenal. I loved getting inside his mind and hearing his tips and tricks and the way he thinks is just so differently from so many people. So I really enjoyed that. 
honestly don't read a whole lot, but I do Audible. And then I also like some podcasts. So I think some of my favorites are all on business and mindset. So like Rachel Hollis, Ed Milet, Tony Robbins. I have a good friend that has Brilliant Horizons, which is a great one on entrepreneurship and business. Like I just soak it all up. My kids make fun of me because I never have the radio on except when they're in the car. I've always got something that's going to help build me up. Wow, that's good. When you're not solving the world's problems here, what do you do for fun? Oh, my gosh. I love crafts, paper crafts, scrapbooking, making cards, whatever it might be. So crafts are fun. I like hockey. Danny's trying, my husband is trying to get us into gardening. So that's our newest hobby. Uh, last year we weren't super successful, but our thought is if we just keep trying, we're going to learn a little bit every year and we'll have a few more plants every year. And then honestly, like anything that puts a smile on somebody's face, that's part of the reason I like crafts. I like making cards and sending them because they can brighten somebody's day. And I actually just started a, a new Facebook group called Project Happiness. And my goal there is just to simply spread those tips and tricks for happiness and encourage others to share the love. Because I feel like, especially these days, holy cow, this world needs a whole lot of love. Yeah, this last year has been kind of tough on a lot of people. Yeah, it has. I hurt for everybody. <laughs> There's just so much pain, you know, from the parents to the teachers to the, you know, essential workers to the people that, yeah, all over to the kids, you know, missing out on, on big milestones in school and prom and graduations and, you know, kindergarten, graduate, you know, whatever it is, every, every kid, every parent, everybody is hit with this in a different way, some more so than others. My heart goes out to everybody. No. So the craft side of making the cards, is that a business adventure or is that just a fun adventure? It's more of a fun adventure, really. When the kids were little, I did it as a business venture. I do love doing it. It's something I'm passionate about. But the truth is, there's so much time that goes into it that you can't really make a whole lot of money on it. And so it's sort of fun. I love sharing love with others, you know, and so I kind of leave it at that. Also, your daughter has a t-shirt business too? She does. I love that both of my kids are little do-it-yourselfers, right? From the time they were little, they've always enjoyed learning new skills and trades. So she is 16 and well, a year and a half ago, she decided that for her grandfather's birthday, she wanted to create a logo for his duck hunting. And then she wanted to put it on a sweatshirt. And so she went on YouTube, I think, I assume that's how she learned, and she taught herself how to screen print. And she's a doer, so she literally, like, took hammer and wood and, and made a screen and bought the stuff, and, and she silkscreened a sweatshirt with a logo that she had created by herself. And then that summer, she asked for kind of the hobbyist equipment. It was, like, 250 bucks. She wanted that equipment to do some more screen printing. So that's what she got for her birthday, and... She kept growing and people started asking her to, to do shirts or, you know, do logos or whatever. So she did some more and more and more. And that following spring, she realized she outgrown her little piece of equipment. It was time to go, go big or go home. And so she, again, did the research. She found some used equipment in South Dakota, and she negotiated. This is the biggest, you know, this is my proud mom moment, right? She negotiated the price down, and she and I took 
took a couple day road trip up to South Dakota. We picked up this equipment, brought it home. She set it all up by herself. And now she's screen printed. I have no idea how many hundreds and hundreds of t-shirts and sweatshirts that she's done over the last year. She's had fun with it. Well, I think you and Danny uh, really taught her well. Thank you. I think it's all inside. Both of them really self-driven and they're good kids. We're proud. Where can listeners get a hold of you? Well, that's easy. I'm easy to find on Facebook because my last name is not the easiest. S-E-W-C as in cat, Z as in zebra, A as in alpha, K as in kilo, Suzak. So my name is Heather Suzak. They can find me on Facebook. They could find my happiness project is um, Project Spread Happiness. It's a group. Or they can always call me. Honestly, I'm a phone girl. I, I know that's old-fashioned. All these kids nowadays like texting and messages, but I'm not a typer. So I love the personal connection that the phone brings or Zoom or whatever it might be. So my phone number is 720-936-2951. And I love nothing more than connecting with people on business and personal and whatever in between. Very good. And just one last thing is, you know, did we leave anything out? Did we, is there anything we, we missed? You, you have so much stuff going on. Oh, I, I do have a lot. I could go on for hours. I told you I'm a good ADD girl who you get me started and I'll talk forever. You know, the only thing we didn't talk about that I think is interesting, but I don't think we have time to talk about is my current real estate. So the, the house that we're in now is really my favorite real estate deal. I know I talked a little bit about the business side, but sometimes real estate can be personal. And it's kind of a funny story, actually. So my mother-in-law was searching for, I don't, I think she was searching for an investment property and she came across this house and she's like, Hey, do you guys want to see it? Neither of us had any interest in moving. Like we loved, and especially me, he had just built me this dream craft room. I had, he had completely refinished the main level of the house. Like we loved our house. We loved our neighbors. We loved everything. We weren't going anywhere, but you know, we're never one to say no. If something comes up, there's usually a reason. So we're like, yeah, we'll check it out thinking maybe it'd be an investment or something. And we came and holy cow, like this house was crazy. It was a beautiful property back to a lake. It's a teeny tiny little neighborhood. I think there's only like 24 houses here. It's a great neighborhood. It just didn't fit in the neighborhood. I will say that the photographer that took the photos for the listing deserved an Emmy because they were amazing. And you walk in the house and you're like, is this the same house we saw? I'm not so sure, but it was. The layout was super awkward. Is a teeny tiny family room, teeny tiny master. This is a really good size master bathroom. Light switches were in weird places, but the kids had enormous bedrooms upstairs. It was just so weird. Like I said, I had no interest in moving. I was like, no, I'm, I'm not, I'm, I'm dying in this house. I love this house, but the kids fell in love with it. Danny fell in love with it. He painted this picture of, you know, this is a great investment. 
you know, I know you love where you are, but it's an opportunity. And I guess somehow between the kids, you know, loving the property and definitely the opportunity, I'm like, okay, let's just take a stab at it. You know, I don't think it's worth what they're asking for it because it's going to be a complete gut. I mean, it was livable, don't get me wrong, but if you want it to fit in this neighborhood, it needs to be a major remodel. So we submitted a pretty low offer and they had already dropped the house price like $50,000. We submitted a significantly lower offer and they accepted it. We went through inspection and it turned out this house didn't have, it had a wood foundation, not concrete. And nobody seen that, heard that. Like I had engineers, inspectors, everybody's taking pictures of this wood foundation. Like what in the world who does this? And it kind of scared me again, you know, I'm like, I really don't want to move. Like this has to be right. So we said we'd do it if they dropped the house another 40 grand. I'm like, I I can't take this. This is a huge risk. Who knows what it's going to cost to, you know, are we going to have to lift the house and do a new foundation or what's that look like? Well, they took our offer. So now I'm like, oh crap, I'm, I'm really in it. Okay, we're going to do this thing. So we quickly sold our house and moved and it was a year and a half of Danny's nights, weekends, and everything in between. He worked his butt off, built us an incredible house. We did sub some of it. He didn't do it all, but he did an awful lot. And he built us this beautiful home. Again, it's one of those like, wow, God had crazy plans. I had no no intentions of going there. But just that reminder of, okay, God's God's got us. I think Danny and I make pretty darn good team. Because like I said, he worked his butt off and I always felt so guilty, but this is by far and beyond the best investment we've made. Do you still have a wood foundation? No, that was the first thing we did is, so I started at the School of Mines. I had some good friends that were engineers. And so we hired a friend who came out and checked it out and he worked with us. So he came up with this great plan of how we were going to build the foundation from the inside out, kind of. And we now have a a concrete foundation. And we also built an addition. So we filled what was already here and then continued building on. Wow. And I've seen some of the work on Facebook. And that's a lot of work, and it looks great. Thank you. It does. He's a very talented man. Thank you been very interesting listening to you. Thanks for coming on and being with us today. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. It was fun. That was a great interview with Heather Suzak. Yeah, it was. She's just such an interesting person. I love her open-mindedness. You know, when I listen to the people that we've interviewed, one thing that sticks out to the people who are successful is they're all open to taking the risk. They're all open to getting into the investment world, and they all want to do it. I think that's a huge thing. you got to find partners and people who want to get involved. But I think at the same time, she talked about really analyzing it beforehand. So it's not like just wanting to do something, but it's like calculating your risk. No, you're absolutely right. I mean, you don't want to just jump into something. Hey, there's a house for sale. Let's go buy it. You mean, you could find yourself upside down real fast in that. You need to do a proper amount of due diligence, but analysis paralysis becomes a real problem. I don't know if I even brought this up in the interview you did with me, but I had a partner one time wanted to buy houses. He had a couple of rentals. We looked at buying another property, and all he wanted to do, every time I said, I think this is a good one, he said, I need more comps. I need more assurance. I need more assurance. You know, you analyze the numbers. You do the best you can. You can't be guaranteed that you're going to make money. So you have to know 
that you can trust what you're doing. So you got to understand what you're doing and have a good solid team. But you're right. Don't just jump into it, but, but be open to it. Be open to the idea of getting involved in something. Yep. And what a full life I think she lives. She has a four-year degree in information systems. She, you know, she did web pages. She had that consultant job. You know, they brought her in for program management. And now she's doing Rodan and Fields. She did some crafts, projects with some cards. I don't think there's a way to really mass produce them, to really turn a profit on these. But she does great work. And then her kids are doing great. Just what a gal. She's really interesting in that regard. I love the fact that she's got different aspects of her life that make her happy. You know, she's an investor, but she's also a mother and she's a, a woman of faith. And so she takes part in Bible study in church and she's active in that regard. She has businesses. She's, she's just a, a very well-rounded, very interesting person. And she wants to help people. I believe she said that. And I think that's one of the key things to Heather. Yeah. I think she said that many times, which is a great quality in a, a mom and a business partner and a partner for life, you know, where her husband's concerned. Somebody who wants to help you and is honest in that desire to see your success. It's a great person to have around you. Yeah. Doug, what did you take away from her secrets to her success? One of them was to know your risk tolerance. And I think that is a big one. And, and maybe even before that, in both of our conversations, we talked about the interviews we did with each other. We talked about being people of faith and men of faith. And I think that her first thing was, that pillar of faith that she's got. For people who do have a faith that they subscribe to, that's very important. It keeps them grounded, you know, keeps them pay pointed in the right direction. But then on a, a more kind of business level, this idea of know your risk tolerance. So know how much you can lose, know what you're comfortable with, and don't risk more than you can lose. And the other part is be patient. Things will happen, but you can't just jump in and go after the first property or be upset that you didn't get that first property. You know, it takes time to, to to get in and find the right deal. and Right. Get, didn't she mention that they went to a couple auctions and they didn't get anything? Yes, she did. She said that they went to a couple auctions beforehand. It was a good learning experience. They got to see kind of how things happened, and then they were blessed in their third one and got, got a property of it. Yeah, but being patient, I think, is the key there. I agree. Yeah. What about you, Rick? What, what did you take away from the secrets for success from her? I thought she was open to change. All her whole life, is, I believe she had her life all planned out, and God had other plans for her, and she was willing to follow, and I thought that was really neat, being flexible. She also mentioned, don't let pride get in your way. I think she tied it in for, like, making lowball offers, but I think people get in their own way of their own success a lot. I agree. Yeah, and some of the books and podcasts you listen to, what, what did you take away there, Doug? I wrote down a couple of podcasts, one called Great Horizons as a business podcast, Tony Robbins, which I had never even considered looking at Tony Robbins for a, a podcast. That'd be a great place, I'm sure, to look for inspiration. Yeah. What about you? Didn't you mention Donald Trump's book, Think Big and Make It Happen in Business and in Life? That was one of the books that she mentioned, which is one of the few Trump books I haven't read. So I'll have to go back and, and grab that one and, and read it. She mentioned that she always had podcasts playing, hardly ever listening to radio at home. So that's right. good. She's always learning, trying to come up with new ideas, see how she can improve her life, improve her business. Right. Yeah, I think that with the people who are, are really successful and really sold on doing these sorts of things, they always want to soak up as much information as possible, always learning, always 
opening their their ears and their eyes and their hearts to new things. And so listening to these podcasts and hearing people who are successful talk, it's a great way to do that. Even if they're not learning, maybe they're just refreshing their brain on this technique they used to use on wheeling and dealing, getting a good price, negotiating. Or, or whatever. And it's like, oh yeah, I, I gotta remember that, you know. So I wonder how much of it is not learning, but just refreshing what you already knew. Right. Some of that information, I'm sure there's just no practical limit on the number of times you can hear it. Uh, and you never know what different situation you're going to find an application for that or just a, a new way of thinking about it. Yeah. Yeah. Anyhow, just another great interview. Definitely. All right, Doug, do you want to take us out of here until next week? Yeah, definitely. Again, a great big thank you to Heather. Really grateful for you being on the show and hope that you enjoyed your time with us. Everybody, thanks for listening, tuning in this time. Once again, for the secret sauce for success, join us next week for another exciting guest, some new information as well. Everybody have a great week. We'll look forward to having you on next week. Thank you for listening to the secret sauce for success show, where we find the secret ingredients for success. We all want to be successful in life. So let's break down the steps it takes to get there and learn from other people's journeys. We hope that through the stories you hear on our show, you will find success in your life.